Thanks for listening to the teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church in Mullica Hill, New Jersey. We trust today's message will challenge you and move you closer to Christ. Here's pastor, teacher, and author, Phil Moser. I'm going to read from selected passages in Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored or hidden up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I might keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Thank you for standing and respect for the words. You may be seated. Uh, We are engaging this morning in a brief lesson that we call our Spiritual Discipline Challenge. And a number of uh, maybe just a few years ago now, we started this idea that we wanted you at the beginning of the year to think in terms of getting into the spiritual patterns, and we know we have to review that. Uh, And so last year, we kind of engaged that with a Kairos journal. Some of you may remember that process. And so this year, we got some other things planned in helping you kind of work through that. But the beginning of the year just seems like a time where we want to say, okay, here's what I want to do spiritually. Perhaps your situation is somewhat like a friend of mine whom I read recently on Facebook. I appreciated their transparency. They said every year, they have started for years, they have started the idea of reading through the Bible in a year, which means they know an awful lot after all these years about the book of Genesis, okay? That's right. For those of you who don't get that, that's because Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and that's about all the further they got, all right? The point is, is that we all start well, but it's not so much about starting and finishing. It's about the patterns or the disciplines that engage that part of the work. And so here's what I want you to think about this morning as we walk through there. Uh, Three areas, shape your prayer time, improve your scripture memory, and deepen your Bible reading. And that's kind of how we're going to unpack this before we get back into the routine kind of uh, reading through the Word. And by the way, this morning when we um, break for our fellowship time, that's going to be a time for you to engage. These are the three things I want you to talk about. And it's pretty simple, actually. Even if you're a guest, you can do this. Even if you're just visiting for the first time, fellowship's a safe place here for that. Just, just feel free to say, this is the one element I've got to work on this year. Okay? So be thinking that way as we're kind of teaching through it. Just be thinking, which is the one that I need to work on the most this year? So let me just talk about shaping your prayer time. Here's what you want to do. You want to shape your prayer time using the prayers of Scripture. If your prayer time has kind of gotten stale, kind of gotten repeated, or if you grew up in an environment where prayer time consisted of simply repeating the Lord's Prayer, I want to encourage you to go further in that. Rather than just repeat something over and over again, just consider how we should engage our prayer time by using the prayers of Scripture. Now, we notice in this first passage, one of the passages we read this morning, notice uh, this is kind of, this part of Psalm 119 kind of works like a prayer. The psalmist says, teach me 
Verse 34, give me. Verse 35, lead me. Verse 36, incline my heart. Verse 37, turn my eyes. Now, that's a, kind of a great way to just kind of pray, right? Lord, I want to be teachable. Uh, Lord, give me understanding so that when I am teachable, I can learn and hold on to it. Lead me, Lord. I want to be under your direction. I don't want to do this on my own. Incline my heart, Lord. I, I want you to work internally, not just externally. And how about this? Turn my eyes away from looking at everything that's worthless, which basically is much of what we see today. So, Lord, turn my eyes away from that. Now, watch what I want you to see in this passage. All of that cool action for prayer is tied to this. Statutes, law, commandments, testimonies, your ways. It's all about God's statutes. I'm going to give you that word in a second. But it's not statues. It's statutes, okay? So we're not looking to teach me, O Lord, from your statues, but well, I'm just going to give you that word now. It's too good, okay? The word statutes in some of your translations is actually written there as the word decree. The root word behind the word statutes actually kind of sounds like statue. It's the law that is engraved in stone, okay? So whenever you see the word statutes in your Bible, now you can think, okay, it's not a statue, but it's the idea that this law is, the, the word of the Lord is permanent. It's, it's secure. It's safe. It's solid. It's not moving, That's the picture. But notice that. Your law, your commandments, your testimonies, your ways, all of that kind of unpacks how we ought to pray. We ought to pray with the Scriptures in play. Now, let me give you a practical implication of that. Fuel the phases of your prayer time with similar Scriptures. Fuel the phases of your prayer time with similar Scriptures. If you want to shape your prayer time, if you want it to be better this year, here's one of the best ways you could do that. Just start using the scriptures when you pray. Pray with your Bible open. And I want to give you a couple ways you can do that. So we have different aspects in our prayer time in kind of to shape them. Um, We would have a time of praise or adoration where we remember what we're thankful for for the Lord. We can praise him for who he is, character qualities. We can praise him for what he's done in our life. But there's a praise time there. But if you found that your praise time, you don't really know what to say. Just imagine if you would open up the Scripture and you would do something like this, like out of Exodus 34. The Lord, the Lord God, uh, God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Like, like there's a lot of stuff right there just to start praising the Lord for. So imagine you want to, you want to in, shape your prayer time, what you do is you open up the Scripture, you find a passage like Exodus 34. You say, Phil, I'm going to need help finding the passage. Stay with me. We'll get there, okay? You find a passage like Psalm uh, Exodus 34. You read those three or four verses, and then you just start to go through them. Lord, I'm thankful because you're merciful. Here's how you've been merciful in my life. I'm thankful because you're gracious. Here's how I know you've been gracious. I'm thankful because you're slow to anger. You're patient with me. I'm thankful because you've forgiven my iniquity and my sin. All of a sudden, the passage begins to shape out your your praise time? What if we used it in the confession time? What if we, that phase of our prayer time where we're confessing sin, what if all of a sudden we engage like a passage like Psalm 51? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Notice how that psalm doesn't cause us to make excuses for our sins. 
But it causes us to recognize that God is a perfect God, a, a holy God who's perfect in his judgment. He's blameless in his judgment. And therefore, I come confessing. All of a sudden, a passage like that starts to unpack some other sins in my life right while I'm praying. Or how about this? Um, you ever get tired of praying for others and you, it all, because you always seems like you pray the same thing? Like, uh, how many of you have used the word blessed in your prayer and you have no idea what it means, okay? Yeah. We use certain language, and therefore, we get in a habit of using that certain language. How about if we prayed for others this way? Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, I have not ceased to pray for you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance, patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. What just happened is you suddenly got a prayer list for people to pray for them. Constantly, when I pray for people that I do not know, I come back to this prayer. B-I-G, that's what I call it. Bearing fruit in all good, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power. I want them to bear fruit, increase in knowledge, and be strengthened with all power. Right out of this verse. That's how we begin to shape our prayer life from the scriptures. Now, I know I just said to you, um, listen, you're saying, okay, where do I find all those scriptures? Well, you can simply Google them, Okay. Like, give me passages in the Bible about forgiveness or confession or praise, and you're going to find them. But there's a couple of resources I like to recommend. Scripture Talks with God, or it used to be under the title Drawing Near, was a wonderful book that kind of unpacked, um, that kind of unpacked uh, sections of your, of your prayer life, but it put the verses right there in the book. So you could just kind of open up that book and go for it. Uh, that book's no longer in print. How's that? For a sale, Okay. Uh, but Handbook for Praying Scripture isn't even out yet. It's coming out January 12th, okay, written by a fellow acquaintance. Actually, he was in New Jersey for a while before he moved out to uh, Will Varner, before he moved out to California. But that does the same thing. The Handbook for Praying Scripture is, comes out January 12th, and it's just an opportunity for us to open up the book, see the Scriptures that walk us through the various phases of our prayer life. Okay? I just want to encourage you to think that way. Uh, here's another idea for you as well. You say, okay, that's too complicated. Okay, I'm going to make it easier, right? Direct your time of prayer with a psalm. If you want to use the scriptures in your prayer, then just use the psalms for this, okay? And the way that I do that, and I've done this for, for some time, I picked it up somewhere, was that there's 150 psalms in the Bible, which means that if I read, I could basically read five psalms a day, and I do all 150 in a, in, in, a, in a month. There's 150 psalms in the Bible, so I, basically each month, if I consider 30 de- times in a month. So here's what I do. Um, what I have tended to do is say, okay, I'm going to take the first day, day one, 30. I'm going to add 30, 31. I'm going to add 30, 61. I'm going to add 30, 91. I'm going to add 30, 121. Which means today is January what? The 8th. So help me with this. I would read Psalm 8 or Psalm 38 or Psalm 68 or Psalm 98 or Psalm 128. So what I would do sometimes in my prayer life is I would open up the Psalms and I'd just walk through whatever day it was. And I'd just kind of skim through that Psalm. I wouldn't read it in detail. I'd skim through it. If it worked for me in kind of in giving me direction in my prayer life, then I'd just dive in. 
If it didn't, I'd go to 38. If it didn't, I'd go to 68. If it didn't, I'd go to 98. If it didn't, I'd go to 128. And if that didn't work, the problem's not the Bible. The problem's me, okay? But the point is this, that you're using now just one psalm to inform your prayer life, okay? Bottom line is, if your prayer life has grown stale because you feel like you're repeating the same thing and you wonder if it's even mattering, and I'm going to encourage you to shape your prayer time using the prayers of Scripture. Here's the second idea. Improve your Scripture memory through meaningful memorization. Improve your Scripture memory through meaningful memorization. I want to use the word meaningful in two ways. The first way is you better understand what you're memorizing. It's not just about quoting something you don't know or understand. In other words, don't memorize a verse and you say, I have no idea what it means, but I can quote it in rote memory. Dig in a little bit to understand what it means. Uh, Study a word or two, and that will help you actually memorize it more, but it's also going to make it meaningful. But the meaningful isn't only about understanding the verse. The meaningful is about making sure that you're memorizing a verse that you need right now. I am just reminded over and over again that when someone comes to me and talks with me about their struggles, this is probably the singular element they have never tried. And I'll say, like, have you memorized any verses on this matter? For instance, if someone comes to me with anxiety, I say, have you thought about verses that you could memorize on anxiety? Like, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's a great verse to rehearse. Or be anxious for nothing in Philippians chapter 4, 6. Or you don't even have to memorize the word, and anxious, but look for verses that tell you truths about God. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we can say, I, can't, I, I will not fear what can man do to me. It, it's this great reminder that the scriptures, when we memorize them, should be meaningful both in that we understand the scripture, but that we've applied it to the situation that we're facing. Don't just memorize the scriptures randomly. Okay? Find how they can apply in your life. Now, let me show you something that just dawned on me this week. I love it when this happens. Uh, I don't know how it took me so long to see this, okay? Um, The first thing you need to do is see your heart as a battlefield. The reason people do not memorize the Scriptures diligently or faithfully is because they really don't see their heart as a battlefield. Let me give you an insight you may not have thought about. Here it is. This passage in Psalm 119 starts out, how can a young man keep his way pure? Now, When you read the Psalms, you need to understand that multiple Jewish um, individuals wrote the Psalms, but the bulk of the Psalms were written by one man. Uh, The bulk of them, not quite the majority, but the majority, he wrote more than anybody else did. That's the way I want to say that, okay? Um, He wrote 70-some Psalms, okay? And his name is, help me, King David, but he didn't write Psalm 119, Scholars think that maybe Ezra wrote Psalm 119, which is pretty interesting because that's like 400 years after, 500 years after King David lived. Now, just let this settle in for a second. When I say the name David to you, you probably think of David, and I say David, and give me a name that goes with it. You, most people, number one answer in Family Feud, if they ever did it, would be David and Goliath. That's right. Number two answer. David and? That's Sheba. The woman that he committed adultery with and then arranged for the killing of her husband. Now, now you just got to think for a second. What would we do 
if half of our hymnal was written by a guy who later in life suddenly was unfaithful and was responsible for the on-battlefield murder of another individual. We'd probably say, hey, we don't want anything to do with that stuff anymore. But here it was, the Word of God, that God had inspired David with. 400 years later, Ezra writes this question, how can a young man keep his way pure? As if to say, you know, all the rest of the Psalms you're reading, if you've ever questioned how David had a, was a man after God's own heart and yet he committed this sin, you've got to understand that people sin, right? People do wrong things. And they do them repeatedly. Okay. And that should give us a lot of patience with the people around us who seemingly just keep doing the same thing wrong again and again and again. Okay. But it also gives us a key, a hope for how we're going to battle that. And that's why I say the first thing you need to understand is that you need to see your heart as a battlefield. It's not the heart that the world tells you. Uh, just follow your heart. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 11 says, the heart is deceitfully wicked, who shall know it? Which means your heart is going to struggle with desires that you have no idea. And when you read Psalm 119 and it says, uh, how can a young man keep his way pure? It almost sounds like he... We live in a world where there's a lot of problems going on, and therefore it's hard for a person to stay pure. But that's not the greatest struggle. The greatest struggle is internal. The greatest struggle is not what you see when you go out there today. The greatest struggle is what you carry out there with you today. Wherever you are, your heart's a battlefield. And so the Scripture teaches us that we guard it according to your word. So I say you want to select the right guards for your battle. I love this phrase. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Which means I want to think of this in terms of a battlefield. And I want to select the right guards. Okay. In fact, the, this word samar, the Hebrew word samar, means literally to keep watch, to be careful, to observe, to guard, to be a preservation, a watchman on the wall to keep or keeping. In, in other words, you're, you're guarding your heart. You're not just following your heart, you're guarding it. Proverbs 4.23, um, uh, guard your heart. For from it flow the wellsprings of life. Like, you just can't follow it. You've got to guard it. I was reminded of this image when I thought about it, the Great Wall of China, some 2,500 miles long. Uh, across the northern border of China, it was meant to keep the, the Mongolian armies out, right? And uh, it was a great idea. You know, the Mongolian uh, armies and those northern armies during that time... None of them were able to scale this wall. It was a perfect idea, except that the wall had certain openings in it or gates. Okay. You said, did they knock down the gates? No, they never. History tells us that they never knocked down the gates. You know all they did? They just paid the gatekeepers. And the gatekeepers saw that they could get some wealth and the Mongolian armies would come up and they just opened the gates and let them on in. Okay. Can you imagine 2,500 miles? That's like from here to, I don't know, like uh, to Utah or something, okay? And the gatekeeper opens the door and lets them in. 
This is why I say the first thing you want to do is you want to select the right guards for the battle. And I mean by that, find the scriptures you need to memorize for the battle. Don't just memorize scriptures at random. Get the ones you need. And by the way, that also means, you've got to think through this a little bit with me, that also means you just don't look up verses, uh, let's take anger for instance, you just don't look up verses uh, on anger and say, okay, uh, Ephesians 4.31, let all anger and wrath and malice and evil speaking be put away from you, but you also memorize verses in the positive, like verses about kindness or patience, and you can memorize some of those verses about God and how God is patient. It just doesn't mean you memorize verses that tell you what not to do. You want to guard your heart with verses that tell you what to do. Select the right guards for the battle. Now, you could select the right guards, but if you didn't train the guards, then you just say, man, like, that's not very bright. That's why when someone decides to go into the military, at least in America, the first thing they have to do is go off to what? Boot camp, which is where they learn to polish their boots, I guess, right? No, it's not. It's where they go to be broken down and trained vigorously. And then that continues from there in the process. And by the way, it's not like they just stop training. They continually train. I mean, we see this all across. We we see this everywhere. Like in the medical community, if you are a nurse or, or, or you're a medical professional, you have to go for ongoing training. In the educational community, you have to go for ongoing training. Everybody requires ongoing training for you to keep up. And then we come to Scripture memory and say, I memorized it in Awana. Okay. And that's a great start. But if you haven't memorized anything since you were in fifth grade, that's a problem. And if you haven't reviewed the verses since you were in fifth grade, that's a problem. The point is we train repeatedly, and we notice this in the text. With my whole heart, I seek you. I have stored up your word in my heart. That is, I have learned the scriptures, memorized the scriptures that I need when I need it. Now, right about now you're saying, Phil, that's great, but I don't memorize well. How many of you would say you don't memorize well? Okay. Thanks for raising your hands. Honest people, okay, let me give you, let me give you help. All right. Here's a training regimen for memorizing the Scripture. Uh, 25 times the first day, 20 times the second day, 15 times the third day, 10 times the fourth day, 5 times the fifth day. By the fifth day, you will have said this verse, I don't know, 45, let's see, another 50, 60, 70, a lot of times, okay? (laughs) You'll have said this verse a lot of times, and you'll be saying it pretty regularly, but you say, it's after that that I struggle. That's why we say, then review once a week, once a day for 30 days, then review once a week for a month, and then review once a month for life. If you put it on a memory card or you put it in your phone, however you choose to do it, That's a pattern which has you training, training heavily, intense at the beginning, and then kind of moving it through. And each week, while you continue to review your previous verses, like your once a day, once a week, once a month, you add another verse to 25, 20, 15, 10, and 5, and you just work on a verse or a couple of verses a week. And at any time, you sense a loss of memory when you say, I don't remember that verse. You just run it back through the same process. You do understand that Memorization takes place because you actually forget something, and then you got to go back and re-memorize it again, and then you forgot it, you got to go back and re-memorize it again. And then, when you get older, you, you forget it, so you got to really keep re-memorizing regularly all the time. 
The point is this, that you and I should be training repeatedly for the battle. You, if you haven't memorized the scripture, when you face the temptation, you have nothing in your head to battle with. You just don't. And then you wonder why you struggle. Select the right guards for the battle. Train the guards repeatedly for the battle. And then here's the final one. Trust the guards when you're in the battle. I don't know how many times I faced a temptation and before I can even be thinking and dwelling and reflecting and meditating upon it, there's a verse that's coming into my head. It's like, and it's battling. Like, you know, it's battling my desires. And it's saying, no, 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 don't go there. For lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished, Job 31, 10, 11. Uh, lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished, a devastating fire that destroys to hell. It will wipe out everything you own. That's really helpful when you think you're going to get away with something. No, you're not. Trust the guards when you're in the battle. And you notice that in the text. There it is, that I might not sin against you. When I have memorized the word, when I have concentrated on memorizing the word, guess what? It's helping me say no to the temptation. Here's, here'd probably be one of the best pieces of advice I could give you all year. You ready? Write down three or four things you struggle with at the beginning of the year. Just, okay, I struggle with this, I struggle with this, I struggle with this. If you don't know what you struggle with, ask the person next to you and they'll tell you, okay? Because they do know what you struggle with, right? And then create some verses, recruit some verses, just like you would soldiers. Recruit them by studying the scripture, finding the ones you need, memorize them, and actively try for all of 2023 to do battle with those scriptures. Now, if you expect it to be a quick fix, it's not a quick fix, okay? But it is the kind of fix that God says will take place over time. You're gonna forget the verses at times. When you're tempted, you're gonna fall and you're gonna say, I can't believe I did that again. But the point is, is that if you haven't recruited soldiers to do battle in your head, it's no wonder that you're struggling. Here's the final one. Deepen your Bible reading with consistency and change. Deepen your Bible reading with consistency and change. Now, all these parts, the prayer time, the scripture memory, the Bible reading, we, sometimes we refer to that as our quiet time or our devotional time. I just want to encourage you this year, just kind of settle in, try to do things a little bit differently. If you've been doing something the same way all the time and you're not getting anything out of it, shift it a little bit. Deepen your Bible reading with consistency and change. Let me show you that in two ways in the text. In that earlier passage we read, the text says, I will keep your law continually forever and ever. Now, when we first read that in our English Bible, okay, it sounds a little bit like we're just reading our Bible so that we can live perfect lives. And the English translation doesn't do a great job because our English word keep um, feels like um, we were able to do something over and over again. We kept, uh, I don't know, we, we kept a habit, for instance, okay? That's, that's not how this word is used here. In fact, you already know this word, right? Remember when I talked about guarding your heart? It's the Hebrew word samar. That's how it's translated here. If you looked in your Hebrew Bibles, don't do that right now. 
Yeah, right, okay. Um, but if you looked in your Hebrew Bibles, you would see that the keep word, samar, is the same word used for guarding your heart back in Psalm 119, verse 10. That you and I would say, okay, I, I want to be in the word in such a way that it's helping me guard my heart here. I want to keep your law continually forever and ever. And so let me just say consistency is this. Be in the word each day over a long period of time. Be in the word each day over a long period of time. If it's just even 10 minutes to get started, just every single day try to be in the word. And for some of you, that's when you're most alert is in the morning. For some of you, that is not the time you're most alert, okay? Maybe that's late at night. But whatever it is, move your time in the Word to when you're most alert and put it in the priority position. Don't say, hey, man, I'm really awake at night. That's why I play video games till 3 a.m. Start before you play the video games to 3 a.m. with time in the Word. Put the Word in the priority position of your most alert time. Be in the Word each day over a long period of time. And notice I didn't say be in the Word each day for a long period of time. That's why the text says, uh, I will keep your law continually. That's continually, every day, forever and ever, over a long period of time. I want to be in your Word every day for a long period of time. And that is how you grow consistency. By the way, this is why we rarely make it out of Genesis, because we were uncommitted to doing it for a long period of time. And frankly, if you miss a day, that's okay. Get back on the horse, okay? Don't worry about it. Don't say, oh, that's it. I fell short. Genesis, I made it all the way to Genesis 48, and I missed a day, so I got to wait until 2024 to start to read the Bible again, okay? Don't do it that way. It's not about your perfection. It's about you being consistent each day over a long period of time. And you're going to find that when you do that, the Bible starts to deepen for you it becomes what I like to call synergistic. You're reading something and you see it someplace else. Oh, I just read that the other day. And not only that, it becomes deeper in its application for you because you'll find that, well, I'll just ask the question. How many of you have found that at least at one time in your life when you were reading the Bible, later in the day you realized what you had read that day was what you needed on that day? Can I see your hands? Yeah. Almost all of us have had that experience which means we were reading, and blow and behold, Tuesday afternoon, we needed what we'd read on Tuesday morning. And then we just kind of like, whoa, God is real. <laughs> okay? Like, okay, like, how did he know? How did he know that I needed to read in that passage that day? So guess what happens? If you start missing days, you're not going to have anything in the tank when it's time to face the challenge or the difficulty. Consistency, be in the Word each day over a long period of time. Here's the last one, change. If we are really to change some of the things in our life that we would say, okay, I know i got to change this, okay? I know this isn't right, I know it's sinful, or I know it's not healthy, and I know I need to make a change. Then you want to apply the Word throughout the day in moment-by-moment situations. Apply the Word throughout the day in moment-by-moment situations. And this is one of the errors we tend to make. We tend to read the Bible in the morning, not understanding that we're going to need it later that afternoon. And so we read it and we uh, shut it and we go to work and forget about it. Okay. 
If you really want to deepen your Bible reading, then keep that thought in front of you all day long. Whatever you discovered in your quiet time that morning, write it out. I don't care. Write it on the back of your hand. Write it on your forehead. Write it on a friend's forehead. Write it somewhere, okay? And then throughout the day, start to think, how does what I learned today apply to my moment-by-moment situations? And let me show you that in one word. Here it is. I will meditate on your statutes. Now, I've already told you what the word statutes means. Statutes sounds like, with me, what? Statue. It sounds like statue. So because it sounds like statue, I remember that it's the law written in stone, okay? That's a decree. It's something that's definite. It's, it's, it's solid. It's not going anywhere. But I notice here I'm supposed to meditate on it. Now, when you see the word meditate, you might think of this, okay? Right? And that's not what we're talking about. But, but, there is a portion of that that we're talking about. When I looked up the word meditation, the first thing that came up was the process that I was supposed to concentrate on something like an object, like an image, like how I'm breathing so that I could overcome something in my present situation. Now, just for a moment, just draw a big X through like your breathing and everything else in there and just put this in there. I'm supposed to meditate on God's word or his permanent word, his statutes, his decrees, that I'm supposed to focus or concentrate on that so that in a moment-by-moment situation, I'm ready for what I face. It's incredible. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. It's just that other people took out the word and put in things like an object, like your breathing, like everything else, but it's still the same process. You and I would say, what I'd have to do throughout the day is really concentrate on the word so that when I face the situation, I'll know how to apply it, which is why we say change. Apply the word throughout the day in moment-by-moment situations. Did you realize that if you're reading the word every day and you're applying it throughout the day, okay, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. And that's why we say, each day and throughout the day. I love the fact that, it's, that it uses the word statutes or decrees, something that's written in stone. It's almost like you think of that as something that's old and isn't needed. But meditate on God's statutes means this, that all of those things that are permanent, that are definitive, that are thousands of years old, I can apply to my situation this very day. And the Holy Spirit is meant to be your helper. So you're not even alone in it. Here's what we want you to think about um, this upcoming year. Prayer time, scripture, memory, Bible reading. Which one do you need the most work on now? Okay, Just pick one. Um, Pastor Scott's going to come in a second and give us some resources, that, uh, a resource we've developed for you that you can get plugged in and get started in if you're struggling there. If you already have a pattern, you have something from the past that you did, praise God, just stay after it if it's effective, okay? But here's the thing. Those three elements are the spiritual disciplines that God has given us so that we can shape it, we can improve it, and we can deepen it. Father, it's been a privilege to look to your word this morning. I recognize that we speak to those uh, who are here, and myself included, who have lifelong habits, struggles, challenges, ways of thinking uh, that they want to get victory over, that they want to get hope over, but that they've struggled with. And, uh, and I'm in that group too, Lord. 
And so I pray that you would help us this year. May it be a victorious kind of year, not because we no longer have those difficulties at the end of the year, but because we've learned how to battle them properly. May our prayer time be more scriptural. May our, may our scripture memory be more proficient. May we become more efficient with the word and our challenges. And Lord, help us meditate throughout the day in your decrees, in, in your word, in, in ways that, that help us, to give us victory. That's our hope. That's our desire. Lord, if there's an area in particular weakness that someone's struggling with, that folks are struggling with here today, I pray that they would be able to apply one of these truths to make a difference in their life so that they will see that you're working in their life. They're not just going to church to fix it or something else, Lord, but they're, they're finding that you and your word are making a difference. In Jesus' name. We trust you've been encouraged by today's lesson. For resources to help you move forward in Christ, we invite you to check out our website, aboutfbc.org, or our Facebook page, Fellowship Bible, Mullica Hill.